As we know, one of the most famous Yisoydas uh, and most famous Arachayim HaKadosh that everybody's familiar with, obviously, that the Arachayim HaKadosh famously has 42 Pshatim in Imbuchu Koisai Telechu, that you should go with the Chukas of Torah, which we'll get to in a moment. What that means, famous Arachayim story, when he said the Membeis, the 42 Pshatim, uh, so many of them being so relevant to our lives, and um, I want to just discuss for one moment something which I was thinking, do I really need to discuss this? I don't think there's a person here that doesn't know this. I don't think there's a person here that's never heard this. But then I thought to myself, the famous introduction of the Mesilis Yishom, when the Mesilis Yishom writes, that he writes there in the beginning, right, the Ramchal, tomorrow's the outside, tonight's the outside, the Ramchal, the Heilige Mesilis Yishom, says, could I to say something, Bishmoy, the name of the Ramchal today? That's right. So, um... He writes over there in the Hakdama that he says an amazing thing. He says that nothing in the Sefer is going to be new. Nothing is a Chiddush. Everyone knows what I'm going to say, but I still need to say it. Why? Because sometimes we need to be reminded of the obvious. In other words, sometimes we just need to hear the things we know again. So that's exactly what came to mind uh, with when I want to speak a few minutes about the Parashat B'chukhoisai, because very much this is uh, something which we all know. But just we just need to hear again, okay? And I just want to be mechazik that which we know already. So Rashi says over here, possibly one of the most famous Rashi's. Maybe Parshas Bahar last week also had a similar famous one, Martin Yeshmita Eitzel Al Sinai. But this Rashi also is possibly one of the most famous Rashi's that everybody grew up with, and everyone has so many Muslim shmuz on it as well. Says the Rashi, Imchu Koisei Teleichu Yochel Zekiim Amitzvus. I would have thought, and that would be the obvious translation. If you go with Melchukas, Melchukas are things that we don't normally understand, right? For example, uh, we're discussing now, right? Ereshkurs is a hike, we don't understand it. And Shatnas and Kilayim and everything else, these are Chukas, we don't understand them. So I would have, you know, art scroll translated the Pasuk, If you do those things, and then it goes on to tell us the Gabaldiga reward and wonderful brachas that enter your life when you do those things. Learn Torah and <coughs> keep the mitzvahs. So I would have thought, says Rashi, that the beginning of the parasha, means, you know, do the chukais, do them. Because when it says, in the next part, it says, do my mitzvahs, that means we've already talked about kima mitzvahs. <coughs> says the Rashi, Hamani Makaim How can I then be Makaim? The first words of the Pasha, there's an omel of Torah. Now there's something very important in this Rashi. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think that there's obviously a reason why Pasha Mukhaisai always is within a couple of weeks before Shvuas. Shvuas, as we know, is the uh of Kabbalah Satoya. We re-makabal the Torah that we were makabal um, all those years ago. We are ourselves being makabal. We'll talk about that, I guess, nearer the time. We'll give some answers and uh, we'll talk a little bit of practical things of what to do to try to really be makabal the Torah. But there's a reason why Bukhokos always comes first. And Rashi is telling us over here, there's something called Amelis Torah. It's very interesting. What is this Amelis Torah all about? At the end of the day, shouldn't it have said Limud HaTorah? At the end of the day, we know that there is a mitzvah, there's an Indian to learn Torah day and night. Now, some people can't learn day and night. Some people have to go make a pranosa. Some people have to go out there and do various things. And that's fine. But when you're not doing those things, then you need to be learning. There's an obligation for every male Jewish man over the age of a mitzvah for sure 
to learn Torah Yomim Veloila. Except in the times when you're doing other things. You may be davening, you may be sleeping, you may be eating, you may be working. Good. But when you're not doing that, you have a chance to learn Torah. So this Rashi is somewhat interesting, where he's telling us that the idea is to be omul b'Torah, not learn Torah. Right? It seems to me there's two stages. There's the amelus and there's the limud. Learning is one thing, and the amelus is something else. What's it all about? So I want to say a couple of things. And that is... Learning Torah is one level, is one degree. Amelis is a step further. Amelis takes what you're doing to a new level. We know that a person can simply open up an English book, a Hebrew book, whatever it may be, and you just learn a safer through, and you can, and that's learning Torah. And learning Torah is the greatest thing that a person could do. Talmud Torah, Kineged Kulam, the Mishnah and Peah. We know Chaim Veloshan and the Nefesh Chaim writes that if the world would go one day, one moment without learning Torah, the whole world will go back to Toivavo. That was the way it was before creation of the world. Right? In fact, so much so, that the Heidegger Chassam Seifer writes, Chassam Seifer says, why do we have two days of Purim? Why is there Yudalit for those people that live outside Yerushalayim and in Chodzaret? And then you have Tezbov, most people in Yerushalayim and in various other places that have a walled city, the time of Yishu Benun, keep that day. Why is there necessity of having two days of Purim? Explains the Chassam Seifer, you know why? Because we need people to learn Torah. And since Purim is a day that's a very busy day. And people are being Makai Mitzvahs. They're doing Fachmanas and Suda and everything else. They're doing Mitzvahs. Oh, but they're not learning Torah. Therefore, 100%. But we still need people to learn Torah. Okay? And that's the reason why, says the Chassam we have two days of Purim. So learning Torah is the greatest thing that you could do. Okay? Yeah. Great, learning... Yeah, 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 100%. Learning Torah is the greatest thing that you could do. There is nothing greater in this world than learning Torah. Okay? There is nothing greater, okay? That means, that means, that means that at the end of the day, Torah is what keeps the world going. We know that Torah is the blueprint of the world. That means when the, we spoke about this previously by the Animamans, that when the Rabbani Shalom wanted to create the world, he looked at the blueprint, that was Torah. But there's something more than Limerah Torah. There seems to be an Omul but Torah. So I want to say that possibly we could say that it all depends on your relationship. That if you want a relationship with someone, it doesn't come in a superficial way. And a relationship, I mean, it could be with your roommate, it could be with your brother, it could be with one of your friends, one of your parents, one of your children, one of your sisters, it could be anyone. When you want a relationship with someone, it's not something that happens on a superficial level, on an artificial level. It's something that happens when you go dig deep and you work on that relationship. When you have a relationship, it's only when it came through work. Generally, things that are worth it comes through effort, right? We know that when we go to the gym, if you're doing a gym, I'm not a gym guy. But I'm assuming, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, right, Mori? You'll correct me if I'm wrong. If you're having an easy time in the gym, you're probably not accomplishing too much. I mean, is that true? 100%. There we are, guys. That's, that's, that's simple. Okay, beautiful. So, nobody said it was easy, but it was worth it. Beautiful quotes over here, guys. So, the point is, when you have a goal to do something, right, the greater the goal, the more important the goal, the more you'll work for it, the more you'll do. When it comes to Torah, so yes, you could learn Torah. There's a limut at Torah. But there's something greater than that, and that is the Amelis Torah. And that sometimes gets a little bit watered down and gets a little bit forgotten about simply because we, we are looking for an easy way out. Everyone looks for a shortcut. You know, Rebbe, what can I do? I have this problem, this hates, all right, give me the shortcut. What's the magic button you press? Boom! And everything works. The, the life, Rabbi Sai, does not work that way. Life has no shortcuts. It doesn't work that way. In fact, I remember Modika Maisa. I think it was with Revelyashev. 
I think. But it doesn't really make a difference who it was with, because the story is a Gavadiga story. There are many, in, many Gedolim enjoy mm-hmm. having the covered of being a Sandik. Being a Sandik is a Choshevi, very Choshevi Kibbut, and it has a school of Ashiras, whatever. So there was, if I remember correctly, they asked Rav Yashiv if he will be the Sandik at whatever it was, a certain uh, bris that was coming up. And for whatever reason, he couldn't make it. I think it was a family member, like a great, great, great grandson or something. And he couldn't make it for whatever reason. And they said to him, they tried to push him into going, and they tried to sort of persuade him to do it. And he's like, um, no, I, I really can't. So then they tried one last thing. They're like, you know, it's a skula for Torah. Right? They came up with skula for Torah. So Vilasha looked at him and said, I've been working 90 years, schwitzing my guts off to learn Torah. I'm not taking any shortcuts now. You know, we do look for shortcuts. We do. I remember Marash Shiva of Scheinberg. He used to give us a schmooze every week. He would come up and he'd give us a schmooze. And it was beautiful hearing a schmooze from a yid like with Scheinberg. It was amazing. And at the end of the schmooze, we'd go over and say, Rebbe, you want a bracha for this? want a bracha for that? Whatever. You know, obviously we can go down to the office at any time, but that's not the point. The point was when he was in our Bishmajush and he came up to us. It was beautiful. So I remember so clearly, guys asking him, Rebbe, can we have a bracha for Torah? And he would laugh and say, no, schwitz. That's the only way. That's what he did, and that is the only way. Meaning, there are no shortcuts when it comes to Torah. We look for shortcuts. Limadat Torah is the greatest mitzvah that a person can do. But if you want to measure, if you want to try the litmus test of if a person is really dedicated and he really cares about it, it's the Amelis of Torah. They came to the Vilna Goin in the middle of the night. Right? They knocked on the Vilna Goin's door. And they said, Vilna Goin, Rabbi Vilna Goin, Rabbi Vilna Goin, we would like to give you the whole Torah. Here it is. It's a little chip. You put it in. Bing! You've got the whole shas. Rishonim, Achroinim, Medrash, Sifra, Sifri. Everything! Can you imagine? Your mom is having a brain in a, in a little chip. You put it in. Boom! There you are. Goggle that door. Instant. Right? It costs a little bit of money. Whatever. You have to sign up. It's a whole situation. They send you emails with feedback. But I'll upon him. The Vilna Goin was offered to learn the secrets of the world. The Vilna Goin was offered to learn everything that's in my separations, everything that's in the world. And you know what the Vilna Goin said? No, I don't want it. I want to work for it. Because the real connection to something is when you work for it. The real connection is not when you're given it on a silver platter, it's but when you have a connection to something it's worth working for. And we have to remember that because when we open up a Sefer, whether it's a Gemara, whether it's a Shkitsa Shulchan Aruch, a Chomish, a Mishnayis, a Mishnabura, whatever it may be, and sometimes you hit a part like, oh, I can't do this. It's so hard. I don't understand it. It's boring. It's not relevant. Whatever. It doesn't make a difference. Because Rashi says, the greatest brachas that the Torah is telling us in here, in Parashat B'chakosai, come from a person's Amelis HaTorah. Because that shows the connection. When you have a connection to something, you want to work for it. And you don't mind working hard. That's why Rashi doesn't say Limud HaTorah. He says Amelis HaTorah. Because it's that Amelis that builds your connection. So many people in this generation are looking for connection to something. I remember my Mashkiach, Rabbi Noach Olovich Shlitish, live and be well, Choshev, unbelievable Yid, that he once said that um, when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to our Melis, when it comes to, you know, the Torah that we have, we have to realize that relationships take time to, they take time to develop. Everyone wants a relationship. Everyone wants a connection to something, right? He told us an amazing thing. He said like this. He said, if you don't have a shaykhist to Torah, if you don't have a connection to Torah, then your children will automatically pick that up 
they will not have a connection to Torah because they don't see that at home. And if they don't have a connection to Torah, they will have a connection to something else. And that something else will likely be deadly. Because everybody needs to be connected to something. That's how we are. A human being needs to be connected to something. If you're connected to Yiddishkeit, the Rabbi Shlolem, Torah and Nitzvahs, that's beautiful. You're living a spiritually uplifting life. You're living a fulfilling life. If you don't have that, then the nature is you're going to find something else. There's no question about it. We're living in a very searching generation where people are searching for happiness. People are searching for fulfillment. People are looking for that which is going to give them satisfaction. It's going to give them hanor, benefit, pleasure, excitement. Right? That's what everyone's looking for. Unfortunately, too many people find it on their phones. People are finding it outside in the world at different places that they shouldn't be finding it. And where does it come from? Because they don't get and look for the excitement within the Yiddishkeit that we have. We don't have to sell Yiddishkeit. We know that Yiddishkeit is be'etzim good, right? It is be'etzim good. I once, I once wrote an article for a certain uh, newsletter that they asked me to about was Pesach, whatever. They came back to me after they said, yeah, we got some complaints. It was, it was a little bit too much, right? It was a little bit of a more modern Orthodox place. And I said, listen, I want to tell you something. What I was writing was MS. It wasn't even for me. It was from others. It was 100% MS. I don't regret anything. I said it was true. But I want you to know something. We don't water down Yiddishkeit. We don't even water down Yiddishkeit to sell it to other people. We know it's good. We have a wonderful product, and that's called Yiddishkeit. It's called the Torah. We have the most incredible product in the world. We don't have to sell it to others. We may have to show them it, because maybe they never saw it. And I believe very much many boys, many girls, many kids were never shown the Torah in the correct way. Maybe they were never shown the Torah. They, they may have been in yeshiva. They may have been in yeshivas. They may have been taught by people, but they never actually saw the right way. I've heard this from so many boys. You know, oh my gosh, this is my first time I'm actually hearing these things, even though I've been in yeshiva for the last 18 years, because you never got sold the right product. I'm not talking about that. We have an incredible product that's called the Torah. If you don't get connected to it, which Rashi's telling us happens through our mailers and the brachas that come off all from there, if you don't get connected to that, automatically you'll get connected to something else and that something else will be deadly and that will happen to the future generation. Your kids have the most amazing antennas. Kids are amazing. They have antennas. They can pick up exactly what their parents feel. They pick up exactly what their parents hold choshev in their lives. If you don't work on this now, that the chashivas of Torah and Torah is for our lives the greatest thing and our boundaries in life and what it, it is sets the tone in our home. It sets the tone in my life. It is the rules and regulations of what we do. It's something you have to set up your home to do. We're discussing a lot of shidduchim and marriage and everything, which is all very beautiful. But your job as the man is very much to set the spiritual, the ruchniest tone in your home. If you don't work now, these are the years that you work on the gishmak. It's not going to happen when you go to work after you have a chavrus or a dafayomi or whatever it may be. It's much harder then. This is the time that you can work on your Yiddishkeit, on your ruchnias, on your attachment to Torah, on your attachment to mitzvahs, and your attachment to the Rabbani Shem, ultimately, which is the goal. This is the time because if you do it now, you'll have that attachment, you'll have that connection, which will do so many things for your life. If you don't, Rahman is on the other direction we already spoke about. I both say, use these words of our and Batoya, as we said, it's the Amelis, it's that schwitzing, it's that trying, it's that herving, it's the mamish, the effort that you put in to build that connection to Torah, to Yiddishkeit, and to the Rabbi Nishlonim. And through that, as the Torah tells us here clearly, the brachas and brachas that come into the land, that come to our own families, that come into our lives, will be Hashem, all be Mukwim in all of us, be Hashem.